Turn in turning your Bibles to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Jason, you up to reading for me today? Because I got a lot of preaching. Hop on up here. Ben, will you give me mic? Turned off. It, never mind. I found one. It'll work. Here you go. All right. Thank you. How y'all doing this morning? <laughs> John chapter 5, 2 through 16. Go in the distance. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, the house, place of kindness and mercy, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It's the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then answered they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed did not know, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Therefore the Jews persecuted Jesus, seeking to slay him because he had done those things on the Sabbath day. Amen. Thank you, Jason. And the blessing of God is on the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. For years, theologians... Uh, love to debate certain passages of Scripture. And I will simplify it by saying they say that these comments were, omit, were omitted in some of the earlier manuscripts. But I just believe that God, who upholds all things by the word of his power, would have the power to keep a whole copy of his revealed will together, whether a copy of the original was found in every place, in every cave, in every bottle, in every scroll, or not. I believe that if he said uh, that there was an angel that at a certain season went and troubled this pool, 
that whosoever first stepped in after the water was troubled was healed of whatever they had, whatever disease they had. Well, some liberal theologians will tell you today that it was a mineral bath. It was a, a bubbling mineral spring that, that uh, in the same way we uh, people travel all over the world to these springs to find relief. I ain't never heard of no blind man getting healed by a mineral bath or a deaf man's ears opening by a mineral bath. But the Bible speaks of this, and there's a reason for it. I'm giving you a brief introduction here. For 400 years, God had been silent. John the Baptist began to preach. He was the first voice, one crying in the wilderness, prepare the kingdom of heaven is hand. It's kingdom of heaven is hand. And this miracle, this, this pool was present during those silent years that even though God wasn't speaking, there was a reminder that God was active, that God was watching, that God was able. And Christ came and performed this miracle, and you can see that he and the pool were connected. He and the pool were similar. He and the pool had a history together. He was the pool. I want to speak to you this morning by God's grace on Christ still stirs the waters. And would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning? Father, I just present myself before you. Uh, and humble myself in the sight of these, your people. Uh, flawed and insecure. Um, aware of my failures and shortcomings. And I, I ask you and I have asked you for grace to cover these and them and me. Without your anointing, this is nothing more than uh, an inspirational message. But by your Holy Spirit, you can quicken truth to us that can change the course and the destination of our lives. So open our eyes that we might see wondrous things out of your word, O oh Lord, today. Let your word be like a hammer that breaks the rock into a, the pieces and like a fire shut up in our bones. Let it bring us to life. Let us come alive and see Jesus more clearly, I pray. In the name of your Son and our Savior, I ask it, the strong Son of God, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. In this day, by the sheep market was a pool called Bethesda. A place of kindness that had five porches. And in these porches lay a multitude of people. If you're taking notes, you can write incurable people. Withered, halt, lame, blind. And there's a couple of things that I want to speak to you today about. About commonalities of incurable people. You will see... Those that are without Christ, those of you who are not born again that might be visiting today, those that would not say you're a person of faith, you're a, not a, a Christ follower, you've not experienced the regenerated life, that's an incurable state because you, like we, were all dead in trespasses and sins. And there's others in this room today that you have learned how to manage your new normal, instead of looking unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Yeah. Yes, the Lord leaves us 
leads and leaves us in trials. Yes, there's times of purification and uh, uh, transformation, but there isn't an incurable. There isn't an impossible. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord. When he asked that question, he was, he was asking him, he was bringing out the absurdity of the statement. He said, Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? So I want to talk to you about these people at the pool, these people at the porches. Number one, commonalities of the incurable. They all seem to have a strong connection to porches. If you're taking notes, they all seem to have a strong connection to porches. I want you to keep your Bible open. Always have your Bible with you. Verse 2, and guys, if you'll keep this on the screen for us as well. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. These porches were built these colonnades, if you will, with roofs that were angled to block the sun so that those who could not help themselves, those who needed a miracle, could be shielded at least somewhat from the elements, the heat, the wind, the cold, the rain, porches. A porch can be recognized as anything or anyone that offers relief but never provides a cure. A porch. Man builds porches. The devil builds porches. God makes pools. Porches are things that are designed, constructed, and provided by other people. Porches make it easier for us to accept things as they are, to help us settle into the new normal, we call it. Porches don't create ruts in our lives. They just dig them deeper, ensuring their longevity. Porches create a positive illusion of benefiting us because others we know from the porches have found healing and completely moved on, never to live in their shade again. Some people are happy enough or satisfied enough just to know somebody that got out, just to be near somebody that got free, just to have in their database someone that used to be an addict who's no longer an addict or someone that used to be depressed that's no longer depressed. The porches have a familiar, distant hope about it that at least I know somebody that won the lottery. I've never hit, but I know somebody that won the lottery. I had a guy tell me one, just one time, and I haven't forgot. It's been 20-something years that just one of his minimum wage guys at where he worked bought his little dollar, $2 scratch off, and it said 1500 a week for life. I've never forgot that. And every time I drive by, I see a peach or somewhere, I think, I know somebody that knows somebody that won $1,500 a week for life. Now, John, what does that have to do with what you're telling us? I'm glad you asked because some of us are living vicariously through the life of someone else and we're satisfied enough to know somebody that leads a victorious Christian life. We know somebody that walks in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We know someone that has surrendered their lives, their gifts, their callings for the glory of the Lord. They invest their life instead of spend it. They don't kill time, they redeem time. 
Porches are filled with people that know somebody, but they yet remain the same. Porches have a limited perspective. You can only see so far because of your condition, your position, and your posture. No one stands under porches. They get comfortable. Before long, you begin to think, well, let me say this, I'm sorry. Porches have a limited perspective. You can only see so far because before long, you begin to think that everyone is sick. Everyone is bound. This is how it is everywhere. It's like, you know, I was, I've lived long enough now. I remember when uh, rap music first came on the scene. And it's no different than any other secular music in the sense that it originates with the world. It's perpetuated by the world and it continues by the world. But there was one interview I saw one time where someone was talking about how the grassroots of it and uh, how it originated. It's just the way it is. It's just the way the world is. And we're, we're telling you real. It's the way the world is. And he'd never been outside of eight blocks. And he was telling you the truth in our songs. This is what we see every day. This is what we hear every day. And we who live in white, middle-class America, you know, we, we, I, I don't understand. You don't know what it's like to to hear gunshots all through the night or the different things. But my point is, my point is, when you live under a porch, you think that that's all there is. If everyone around you is uncurable, incurable, if everyone around you is anemic, if every Christian around you is apathetic, if every Christian around you is lukewarm, and you have found a church or a ministry or a place that at least keeps the sun off of you, you settle into a life that is powerless and joyless, thinking it's what God has provided. And God did not die on a cross and be resurrected from the dead so that I might find comfort in my sickness. That I might find comfort in my dis-ease. That I might com find comfort in my anemic state. That I might just know of somebody and talk about grandma and how grandma knew the Lord. There was a pool. Porches were full. Full. The pool was empty. And there's more to life than what you see. You got to get out of your, kick the corner out of that drawer you're living in and start talking to somebody that has come out. Hey, listen, I fall short in many ways. I love talking to the person that's been in, they, they say, you know, addict, and it's a whole different term. They say, it's a disease, and there's, it's impossible. It's not a disease. I'm sorry if that makes you wrong. You don't choose, I didn't, you don't choose cancer. <laughs> I chose to drink, but anyway, I was drunk four or five nights a week for seven years, and it's been 33 years without one, and that is not because I'm a man of courage or character or willpower. I found him who stirs the pool. <laughs> and it's not enough, and if, if, you, if you just get around a few people, if the, if, see, that's our role as the church. We are to go back and visit porches, not build them. Not trying to get no group to make you feel better. Let's get another group. I understand. I understand. I understand. Get me out. Tear down this. Do something. It would be better to tear the porch up than to teach people to live under it. 
If I can't get all the way free, why just a little bit of free? That just make you mad. You ever been to Sam's on sample day? <laughs> oh, Lord, help my corrupt soul. And usually, usually it's not about much or nothing. Would you like an alfalfa sprout? No. No. Would you like some shaved ice? No. And then every now and again, just every blue moon, you'll appreciate this, brother, just every pepper bacon. And it's in the very back of the store. Why isn't it at the front near the registers? So you have to pass all the merchandise to get to the peppered bacon, black pepper. And then they cut you off a little piece about the size of a quarter or a dime and have it on a little toothpick. You know, I'm 5'9", 230, you know, on a good day. <laughs> Would you like one? I'd like all of them. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But you take your little one on the toothpick and you... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got these down there. Yeah, I know where they are. Mm-hmm. But you have to buy 15 pounds and it's $38. But I, I know where it is. And then you, people don't even hold toothpicks. You see guys walking around. All I've got toothpicks hanging around in their mouth. I have been known... To go take my hat off, take my jacket off, anybody else, confession good for the soul, and come back around dressed different. You know they know you were just there. Yeah, and, and then they give you a smaller one, because see, that's how they, they know. Yeah, just go, that's what you need to do. Just go get yourself. That's my point. My brother just said my point. Why come to a house of God and not meet God? Why, why embrace a Savior that can't save? Why sing of a healer that can't heal? The porches are killing us. The porches are killing us. My disease is supposed to be uncomfortable. I'm not supposed to be okay with not being whole and sound and in my right mind. I'm not supposed to be comfortable with a, with a strained praise and with a, with, a, with a lack of confidence. Whom the sun sets free is a free man. Relationships, environment, and repetition are directly correlated to our perspective, our priorities, our direction, our attitudes, our expectations, and present-day realities. You've got to get out of, the por- out of the porches. If you're not well today, do something. Move. Change environment. Change people. If you hang around sick people, they don't catch your health. Like you go into the office and everybody's hacking and hocking and and you walk through and you just want a hazmat suit. You know, you just want to come through. I'm spraying everybody. Come through the front door. A little Clorox there for you. What was that? Because my health isn't going to jump on you. Right? I'm not making light of those that are struggling. But struggling is supposed to be Temporary. If people know where to find you and the answer is they're at the porch, you've been there too long. This is good. Buy my own CD. But the difference between the porch and the pool is the difference between not only sickness and health but life and death. 
Life was not found under a porch. It was found in, a, in the pool. The pool God made. The pool God stirred that made people whole. Listen. Of whatsoever disease they had. For the, for the sinner, it's salvation. But, but Lord, I, I, I blaspheme. I, I've lived a life of, of horrible, lewd, profane whatsoever sins have been committed, I can forgive them. But Lord, the doctor has said that there's, it's four, stage four, whatsoever disease you have, whatsoever malady, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm it. Oh, and let me just say it again. I, I hope in heaven, if I'm successful at one thing, it's reminding you and teaching you, and even if it angers you, that you do not need a mediator between you and God except for Christ the Lord. You don't need no priest. You don't need a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, a bishop, a cardinal, beads, dead saints, nobody. He's the Lord that healeth thee. He's the one. Number two, commonalities of the incurable. They all seem to share a common, a common kind of inner circle of friends. It said, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting. And I believe it was more to them than that, but the Lord is careful in the one that he mentions. I believe there was more types of sick people than that. But for spiritually speaking, listen to this. Impotent, strengthless, feeble, weak, sickly. Imagine this spiritually. Let's, let's say this ch the churches. Let's say some churches are porches. Filled with weak, anemic. Like, you know, you just can't go up to somebody, hey, pray with me right now without getting some, well, Lord, just in case you're listening, you know, that you grab somebody's hand and they go, thank you, I'll pray right now. God in heaven who made the earth and you, in Jesus' name, that kind of faith. But in these porches, they were not only impotent, they were blind, unable to see anything, much less God. Unable to see from their location, unable to see their condition, unable to see their place in time, and unable to see their standing with God. They were halt, limping, half walking, half not walking, indecisive, double-minded, wishy-washy. They were withered. And all of these, I'm giving you the Greek definitions of what these words mean. And if you'll just let me read this, I'll summarize. They were withered people. The idea of scorched, shrunken earth. What God had planned for them had shriveled up to something that does not resemble what it was supposed to be. And then there were the waiters. Some were waiting because it was comfortable. Maybe waiting was the best option. Some were waiting on some other expression of man to make life more manageable. If man created a porch, maybe he can create a drug or maybe he can create... Uh, he can show me a pleasure that will help me self-medicate so that I don't think about the real problem. Others were waiting, not waiting to live, but just killing time, waiting to die. But the scripture was clear that there were other porch people, equally as sick and hopeless, who were not waiting to die, but waiting on God to bring them back to life. The fact is evidenced by the, the statement that whosoever first stepped into the pool first 
was healed of whatsoever disease they had. My question is, why are you living so far from the pool? If it's the first one, I'm living at 101 Lip of the Pool Avenue. Well, the sun kind of hits over here and it's not quite as comfortable. It's never comfortable to live near the Lord in the earthly sense. But if miracles happen here, if God will grant us miracles in this house, it doesn't matter the porch, it doesn't matter the building, it doesn't matter the location, as long as people come in, see God, feel God, experience God, and God be glorified in this house. They all share a common history. The Bible said a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Our stories might not be the same, but if you meet enough people, you'll find the same story. A personal one, yet all too common. The people at the pool could have been poor or privileged, any color, any gender. In some cases, the people there, their commonality was that it was a lengthy stay. Here's a man buried under 38 years of pain, disappointment, regret, and hopelessness. A regretful one, a painful one, a sorrowful history. A regretful history, a painful history, a sorrowful history. The commonality of the people under the pool is not just what was missing, but how they felt, how life made them feel. Maybe their history was one of rebellion and sin. Maybe it was an undeserved one. And there are people here today, this is you. You have found a porch because your earth was scorched by the cruelty and the crimes of someone else against you. And so you found that you can manage by something that man, someone, or the world can offer. Some have a distorted history. Thinking they are unknown, forgotten, or uncared for by God. Look at verse 6 in your Bible. I want you to see this. You can have a common history and it still be distorted and you not see it clearly. It said, when Jesus saw him lying there and he knew how long he had been in that, in that way. God has always known. And before you go to the secular side of, well, then why didn't he help? The question is not, why hasn't God healed me? The question is, why would he ever heal me? Who am I to deserve anything? Who are we to expect any grace? But you are not forgotten. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God Almighty. And what makes abortion such a cruel, gross sin is not the murder of it, the child. But it's the murder of God's child. That's the sin. That's the deplorable act in itself. They could have an intimidating history. Looking at how powerless people are around them. And how few seem to really come out of it. How few seem to make it. Looking at the years passing and nothing ever getting any better. And an unchanging history. Evolution didn't happen in the world and it doesn't happen to us. The earth needed a creator and we need a redeemer. There is no evolutionary healing. 
The Lord is. And it is Christ in us. And us in Christ. Christ in us. The hope of all glory. And we have access to the Lord. Unhindered access. To stand before the Father in Jesus name. And ask anything in his will. So that's like me going to the pool. And as I talk the pool stirring by the hand of God. Yes. But it's not whoever first gets in. It's whosoever. <laughs> I think you've I think you're in it. I've seen the healing in your life and heart and I praise the Lord for it. I thought of you while I was writing this. She'd be the one. This porch is killing you people. Y'all need to get in the pool. And part of the common history, this is an unchanging one, I told you. We don't need evolution. We need a Savior. And Christ is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. And the wrath of God abideth in him. This is how you know if you're a porch dweller. You know the truth. You just don't live it. You know how it happens. You've just never participated in the healing. You were too far away from what God was doing. Too intertwined with the world to get there while the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And you can't come to God anytime you want. It's when he invites when he stirs. That's why, that's why it's so important to be in a house of worship. Your prayer closet and a corporate fellowship. Those two things. You, got, you have to have your place alone with God. Because there are things that happen in that place that never happen at church. But listen to me. There are things that happen in this church that will never happen alone because this is the body of Christ. And the Bible says that the body of Christ is the fullness of his glory. And I can be in, in this house and listen, and your cup runneth over. David said, my cup runneth over. And what runs over out of your cup can splash on me and I can be healed in the unity in the unity we share and I can celebrate your joy and I can cry with you when you cry and I can laugh when you would laugh and then we can leave and say, I didn't even know he healed me till I got home. I wasn't even asking. Surely, goodness and mercy has been following me all the days of my life. And I will... Forever. Wait, wait a minute now. Surely, goodness and mercy has been following me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where is he dwelling now? The house of the Lord. David talked about it all the time. Uh, how precious are thy tabernacles, O God. And I just would rather be a doorkeeper here. This is the earthly example of my eternal home, the gathering of the saints. And if there's glory there, there is at times glory here. We're not in its fullness but oh, I, I can't wait to get here because I know that there are things that happen here. I know that the water stirred here and it's, it's better for you. And I know the Bible tells us to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. I, I understand that. But it is better for you as a Christian 
to stay home and commune with God for that hour than to go to a church that is nothing more than a porch. It just tells you how to have a better life and how to be comfortable and not encounter life. It's like the word ought to just, there ought, there ought to be jumper cables attached to you while I'm preaching. And if, it, if, if it's anointed, your spirit ought to go, yes, I, I see him high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. I see him as the author and finisher of my faith. There ought to be something there that makes me not want to recline but get up. I feel like preaching today, not te- teaching's tonight. Preaching's today. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying my very best. Number, f- let's see, where am I? <laughs> Number four, they all answered the same question. They all have to answer the same question. Jesus said unto him, will you be made whole? And the impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step it down before me. That lets me know he wasn't close. Are you close to what God is doing? Do you live close to what God, where God's glory is seen? He said, I I hear the water's troubling. By the time I find somebody to help me to get down there, someone else has already gotten in. See, these are all types and shadows. This was just a a blip on the screen to let the Israelites know that God had not forsaken them altogether. He had been silent, but he was still with them, okay? But this man had tried. But his faith needed somebody to help him. A man. A man. A mama, a daddy, a person, a pastor. Jesus asked him a simple question and he never answered it. I want you to, I'm asking you, will you be made whole? Why, Why would Jesus ask such an absurd question? I'll tell you why. This is just from my experience with people. Because if I'm whole... That changes everything. I'm whole. This man, just this man. Let's just talk about him, not us. We're good people. Let's just talk about this man. If he's whole, he got to go to work. If he's whole, he got to go home and be a husband. If he's whole, he's got to go home and be a daddy. If he's whole, he's got to go home and be a son to his aging parents. If he's whole, he's got to be active in the synagogue. If he's whole, he has to give. If he's whole, he has to serve. Right now, other people support him, but if he's whole, he lives to support and help other people. Do you want to be whole? Christians don't want to be whole. They want to be just good enough. They want to be just good enough so nothing's ever expected of them. Nothing can be asked of them. Well, you know, I would, but I'm barely making it myself right now. Now, have we all had that season before? Yes, but that should not be the lifestyle. I either hit something then or it didn't make sense to you. Some ignore Jesus as if they never heard the question. Others act like or feel like that he must be talking to somebody else. Do I want to be made whole? Of course I do. Some answer this question with a completely separate and disconnected question. He said, do you want to be made whole? Sir, I have nobody that can help me. 
Jesus asked the woman at the well uh, a question, and then she answered him with, the, our, our, uh, our fathers say that we ought to worship in this mountain, and, and the, well, what do you say? And Jesus asked her a completely different question. Sometimes we try to dialogue to hide the issue. Will you? Do you have a desire to be made whole is what Jesus asked. Some do not believe it possible, even though the Bible tells us plainly that God has given to every man a measure of faith. If we are not whole. Now that does not, whole does not mean without struggle and without difficulty. We don't stop being human. If he was ugly before you got saved. He's still, I'm sorry, but see, I want to tell you in a way you can't forget it. You know, if your head shaped like a squash before you got saved, it's still going to be shaped like that after you got saved. Whole doesn't solve every physical problem, but it is a soundness and a saneness and a peacefulness. My nature is at rest. I am at peace with God and I have the peace of God. Will you be made whole? Some do not believe it's possible because they've tried to do in the flesh what can only be done in the spirit. They've tried and failed to do something in and from their own will instead of God doing something in and from his will. They have tried to rehabilitate something that can only be resurrected and they tried to earn something that can only be given as a gift. Will you be made whole? And it is a fact, a direct fact unmistakable I'm sorry it is in fact a direct unmistakable simple question probing yes revealing yes humbling yes yet simple a simple question given by God that can be answered just as simple by any person and all who respond to his invitation this grace is given to them and they are made whole Ben and our worship team if you guys would come please this morning When Jesus asked this man, would you be made whole? Y'all stay with me. When he asked him, would he be made whole? When asked of their present, when you ask people, some of them hide with excuses and misdirection. When asked of their present, they respond with their past. They mention who is missing, what is missing, and what never was. Letting the librarian of their past be the present, the prophet of their future. They said, do you want to be made whole? He said, I don't have anybody. I want everybody to look this way. Are we going to spend the rest of our life talking about what is missing? He said, I have nobody to put me in the pool. If I'd have just had a godly parent. If I'd have just had a parent at all. If I'd have just had a spouse or a faithful spouse. If I'd have just had a child. If I'd have just had... A daddy to model what a father was so I could grasp the reality of Father God. When Jesus asks you, do you want to be made whole? And your answer is what is missing. You are missing the question. Because his question steps on the pathway of perfect knowledge of everything you've been through, everything that's been done to you, everything that's been left out, everything that's been withheld, everything that's been stolen, everything that's been taken. And he's Lord over that. His question is not ignorant of the situation. It's with perfect knowledge. He could have said, I know you, Chuck. 
I knew your daddy. I knew your granddaddy. Called him by name. And I know that you've been at this pool for 38 years. You used to hang out at the third porch when you first got here. Or the first porch. And over the years, you've moved at different times depending on other people that were here. And I know you are hopeless. I know you have given up. And I know you think you're never going to get there. But you are looking to man for something that only I can give. I want to ask you a simple question. Will you be made whole? Not tomorrow. Not later. He never answered. That close. And he never answered. And there are people that never answer. And they die in their sins and they go to hell. And I know this is scandalous. I know this is hard to believe. But there is a thing that I can't explain perfectly to you called election. Where even if the person doesn't have the courage or the character to answer the question, God gives them grace anyway. And Jesus said, rise! He asked him, would he be made whole? Sir, I have no man. Get up! Take up your bed and walk. I'm about to close. Listen to this. Number five, the incurable people. They all have access to powerful grace. The power to hear God's voice. Rise! Jesus went from asking of his will to revealing God's will. Like the resurrection of Lazarus. He didn't ask Lazarus, did he want to be resurrected? Get up! And that dead man come up out of the ground. Like calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's suddenness. It's inability to be withstood. It's ability to stand on its own with no explanation. The power to change. Take up your bed. Heard one preacher say this years ago. It's not original. But it still thrills my soul to preach it on a platform. And I look forward to saying it again to you. It's simple, but it's profound. He said before he met Jesus, his back was on his bed. After he met Jesus, his bed was on his back. And I heard that. I said, that's the answer. He said, I've not only got power to raise you up, we're going to change your posture. We're going to change your position. We're going to change your address. You are going to go from porches to people. You're going to go from powerless to strong and carry your bed with you because you don't live here anymore. You're not a drunkard anymore. You're not an addict anymore. You're not an adulterer anymore. You're not a homosexual anymore. You're not a covetous person no more. I am telling you to get up and pick up your bed. That thing that you have grown comfortable laying on. And he said, take up your bed and walk. Well, I can't walk. So here, he's, he's still laying there. You're asking me to do the one thing I can't do. And the pool isn't bubbling. You know what Christ was saying? You know, some things, have you ever had a, do you all have the memory of your parents looking at you a certain way as children and they didn't have to tell you they loved you, you could see it in their eyes? 
or your kids look up at you and they don't say nothing. I can have Izzy or Olivia look at me a certain way. They ain't got to say nothing. <laughs> I know that I'm the main event. <laughs> you know? Do you know what I mean? Sir, I have no man. Rise, take up your bed and walk. The, the pool, the pool is not stirred. And his eyes said, the pool is standing right in front of you. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately, <laughs> the man who couldn't even answer a question went from absolute powerlessness to one of the people that they would talk about who left the porch behind. Isn't that glorious? Let me read this to you. Oh, I'm right at my tire. I got to read it. I got to read it. I got to read it. The power to do today what was impossible yesterday. And the power to receive in one moment all that was offered to you by God. The stirring of the pool had power to heal one physically. But the atoning work of Christ has the power to make one completely whole. They were healed of something physical. Jesus told him, will you be made whole? Before Jesus, you could find him under a porch waiting. After Jesus, you found him in a temple worshiping. He went to God's house and said, I recognize you. I acknowledge you. I give you the glory. Now that I've got strength, I want to be in God's house among God's people. And before Jesus, he was, a, he was a man quick to tell how long he'd been sick. And after Christ, he was quick to tell how it was that he became well. They said, weren't you one of those porch people? He said, oh, let me tell you about the day. I done forgot that guy's name, that white-headed guy's name, but I was in Macon and I was in a church service and he began telling me about Christ, the one that stirs the waters and something passed, my understanding happened and I am not the same anymore. The grace was great. The grace was available. The grace was immeasurable. The grace did things I didn't ask it to do. I don't even know if I participated, but God be the glory and I want to spend my, did you ask me how it happened? I'm glad. Let me tell you how the Lord did it and he was changed. I believe there are Christians here today who love the Lord, but you are not well. You are diseased. And it doesn't matter how or why, but I'm going to ask Ben to sing through this once. And if that's you, I want you not run, but as quickly as you can, as if it was the first one. I believe the waters are already stirred, and I believe God is going to do in a moment what you haven't been able to do for a decade. Listen to this. I have found a love that pardons. I have found some stripes that heal. This altar's open. I have found strength for my weakness. I found grace Cover all my sins. I have found a love that pardons. I have found some stripes that heal. And I have found strength for my weakness. And I 
just a moment I'm going to ask everyone to stand with us and I'm not trying to belabor the service there is no reason that some of you didn't get up and run to this place what if this is the moment what if this is the moment that changes not just your history but your your future but the future of your babies what if it's the Lord not just some preacher saying do you want to be made whole I'm inviting you to come based on that word come let's sing it again I have found a love that pardons. The rest of you stand with us. I have found some stripes that heal. And I have found strength for my weakness. And I found grace that covers all my sins. And where's it found? It's in Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. It's in Jesus. He's the one. those in the altar look to me just a moment I want to tell you this quick thing and we're going to close singing it back to the Lord and see we're hearing one another see you're telling me I found it I found the one that pardons I found the stripes that heal I found strength for my weakness so I'm hearing you tell the story and I go it happened for you it happened for me and you see it creates momentum it will well, if glory is happening all around me and glory is happening in me, God must be in control of all that's going on here. You can go home, shut your door, and the pool is there. Having therefore boldness, brethren, to enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he is consecrated through the veil, that is to say his flesh, that was ripped open. And now having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a full assurance of faith that we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your answer is not found in no Christ chapel it's not found in John Wood the assemblies of God or any man or a porch it is found in Jesus one more time Ben let's sing the verse and the chorus it's in Jesus oh it's Jesus it's in Jesus he's the one rock of salvation foundation 
And I found grace that covers all my sin. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. been good to be in his house now right as you're on your way out I want you to imagine something now imagining stuff doesn't make it happen you know I'm just I'm seeing it with my mind's eye I'm creating no imagine what has happened that thing you used to lay on I want you to picture yourself going those days roll it up are over Okay, wait now. Now I got to go somewhere. And you're going to have to take a different path than I take. You might have to go that way. I might have to go this way. You, yours might be more difficult early on. Mine might be difficult later. But my God, if he had the power to get me up, surely he'll have the power to keep me. Amen? Y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you. Let's sing it again, Ben.